0: And uh, uh, he wanted me to con- con- make, con- convey his uh, uh, greetings to all of you. He loves you, he misses you, but things are going well in Boston. I'll talk about more of that in just a moment. But let me just kind of give you, a, what are we doing here? This is a, a Sunday that uh, we come all together in this, in this, at this hour instead of meeting in our Bible fellowships as we normally do. But for a good number of years, and you may know this, you may not really remember, but, but for a good number of years, Heartland has chosen to take... Any month in the year that has five Sundays, that's usually about four to five um, months in the year, um, we give attention to two important uh, elements of God's plan for man. So at 9 o'clock, what we do is we focus on what we call God's heart for the world, and we're looking at missions primarily and what God is doing through this church and in the area of missions, and then at 1030, we hit, we transition and we change and we talk about God's heart for the, for the church, and that's when we, uh, we hear a message of, of uh, uh, a challenge from, from God, and then we take the Lord's Supper and remember everything that God has done for us uh, for our salvation. So, um, so we usually consider what we do during this time. We consider how God is using this church to reach the, the world. It's an amazing thing to think about a little church such as Heartland is able and has the capacity and the ability and the heart to reach the lost around the world and we and sometimes we we don't we're we so in tune with doing that as a regular basis that we almost forget what we're doing and so it's time we take a we take a couple times a year and we said let's just talk about what God is doing through this church as a way of celebrating what God is doing through this church and so um so what I want to talk about mission, I want to talk about our Bible conference that's coming up and how that is used by God to accomplish his plan for the world. And then after we're done, and uh, Ray Blowers is going to talk about a mission trip, and then uh, Steve Fleshman is going to talk about life issues and the things that are going on there. But let me talk about the Bible conference, which is an annual conference that we do every year in September. It, uh, you might want to put it on your calendar right now just so you don't forget, starting September 19th through the 22nd. I think 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, 22nd. Um, so there's four days, and we're going to be doing Bible assembly. Just like we've done, uh, for. I think this is our 12th or 13th Bible conference that we've done since we started that. And so we're going to do Bible conference. So just put that on your date. Uh, so I want to kind of give you some information about it because we're, there, there's going to be some changes. Everybody gets kind of comfortable in how things are get done, and so we, we're going to shake it up. And, uh, and make some changes. So, first off, here's the thing: um, the uh, we're going to try to accomplish 5,000 Bibles, plus some other projects. Uh, and those all those the 5,000, give or take a few, uh, might be six, might be four. I'm not sure. We're still waiting on what we can get from our print supplier, Bearing Precious Seed. Uh, but uh, we're going to do English. Remember every year, remember, I don't know if you remember, some of you may not know, you weren't, you weren't here when he was here, but Bob Weston, missionary evangelist Bob Weston from Jamaica. He has a missionary, uh, he has a mission in, on the island of Jamaica called Christ's Love in Action. And in uh, five, six years ago, we committed to Brother Bob and his ministry that we would send them 1,000 Bibles every year. And so some of the Bibles that we're going to make this year are for him. Well, he's gone on to be with the Lord, but his ministry still thrives. Um, and I don't remember the last name of the man, but his, the, the man is running the ministry now is called Evermore. That is his first name, Evermore. And uh, so Evermore is, continues to lead that ministry. Uh, they pass out Bibles all the time. They're very clear. We don't want any Bibles that don't say King James on them. And that was Bob. That was how he talked. He said, We just want King James Bibles, we want them with black covers. And we wanted to say, King James Bible's on the front, and we want them as, as often as you can send them. And so we committed to sending them 1,000. So that's what, that's what we're going to try to get done, uh, if we can get enough to get a 1,000 in. Well, We'll get done what we get done, anyway. We're also going to be doing about 4,000 Spanish Bibles that are going to a missionary by the name of Alan Johnson. He was here at our Bible conference last year. He didn't speak. But uh, he was here and visiting with us and seeing our work and seeing what we're doing. He asked me if we would do uh, some some work for him uh, for this Bible conference. And I I said, yeah, we'll do that. And so we're going to be doing uh, 4,000, I believe, or maybe just a little bit more than 4,000 Spanish Bibles. We'll ship them to his facility in Tennessee, and then he will ship them to Venezuela. That country needs the gospel. If you know anything about what's going on in Venezuela, you'll know that that country needs the gospel. So that's where they're going. Not only that, we have a couple of other things that we're going to be doing this year. So our missionary in Oaxaca, Mexico, uh, Joe and Amy Hendricksman, they had asked us to print 50,000 tracts. And so we're going to be – we haven't got them printed yet, but we hope to have them done by the Bible Conference starts. But what I'm going to do is we're going to set up a room where – this is a lot – but we need to fold them, so they're trifold. They're little small tracks, about so. big. I was going to bring you one and show it to you, but I didn't do it. But they're about this tall, about this wide. They just need to be folded, you know, trifold, and get them boxed up and get them ready to ship down there. I've got a way to get them all the way to Joe's uh, facility as soon as possible. So that's a project that we're going to be doing. Um, we've been working on for, for the last couple of months another another Bible uh, 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 language in Zambia called Lamba. And so we have been making John and Romans, actually it's a John, a Romans, and a first John uh, booklet. And so we're we they're all printed now and ready to go. We just got to get them trimmed and boxed. So that's going to be one of the tasks that we get to do in the Bible conference. Um and uh and so whatever we get done that's what we're going to work on. So if you had um the, the theme thing, the what we're trying to focus on, I want to talk about who's coming, who's going to be speaking uh, But the theme of the Bible, the theme of the Bible conference is found in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 27. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 27. And that verse says to us, God tells us, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build on house. So this is a command to prepare the work that needs to be done. Prepare the work. And what that means for us in this context of the Bible conference is that we need to focus on and the theme of the conference is preparing the work, translating the Bible. Now, we're not doing translation work in this this church right now, but I want you to know about translation work and how the translation work gets done and why it's important. And so um, that's going to be our focus this year. All the messages will be about translating the Bible or encouraging us about that. And so we have uh, missionary, Brian Calloway, who's been in Zambia. He's his ministry is going to get those Lomba, uh John and Romans that we've been printing. Um, so he's going to speak Sunday morning. Sunday night, you got to be here Sunday night. And I'm not going to tell you who's. Well, I'm going to speak for a part of it, but you don't need to be here for that. Uh, you should. But anyway, uh, but the uh, the guest speaker is. Uh, I'm excited. I'm not going to tell you who that is right now, because I just I want you to come. I want you to hear what she has to say, and uh, it's an encouragement. It's a blessing. And I think it, it fits very nicely with this. So please come Sunday night to hear that. Uh, Monday night, Pastor Mark Brown from First Bible Baptist Church in, in Blue Springs is speaking Monday night. Missionary Mike Van Horn is speaking Tuesday night. He is a missionary. He's been here before, he has spoken to us before. Uh, he is with, um, uh, I lost track, Steve. The missionary Mike Van Horn, the jail ministry guy. Rock of Ages. Thank you. Uh, And then uh, on Wednesday night, we have another treat. Um, There's a a missionary couple, uh, Arianne Vogley and his wife, and I don't have her name written down right now. But Arianne and his wife, they are related to Jeff Bartell from First Baptist Church in New Philadelphia. They are working on rewriting a new Bible, a new translation of the TR, the Texas Receptus, which is what the King James Bible is based on. They are rewriting a new Albanian Bible. And uh, they're going to come, and they're going to talk about their translation work. They're, they're here in the United States. They, they moved here so that they could focus directly on getting that translation work done. They're going to start with the New Testament, and then when they finish that and get it field tested, then they'll go with the Old Testament and work on that and get it field tested. And then they will be, uh, be involved in helping them get those Bibles printed and shipped and so on. So that's, that's how we're involved in what's going on there. So there's a couple things that are going to be different this year. Uh, when the Bible conference, and I want to take a couple minutes just to let you know that because I think what we do is we get into a habit, we get into a, a a mode of how things are going to happen. So what we're going to do, so remember, like we always set up in the audit- in the lobby, we set up the collating tables. Our hope is that we don't have to collate this year. In fact, most of the Bibles are already collated. The only thing that we have to do is is take them off the pallets that they're on and make sure that they're collated properly. So we still have to check, still have to roll. But the collating process, it will save a huge amount of time. and We don't have to fill up the lobby with that. So that's one thing that we're not going to have to do. We have to tra- fold those tracks. That's another project that's uh, unique there. Uh, we have to cut those John and Romans for the Lamba. That's another project that's, that we don't normally do. Uh, we do cutting, but not just a separate project. Um, and we're, one thing, back over in this corner over here, we always bring in that big heavy-duty uh, cutter, that finish cutter. We're not bringing that in here this year. We're going to leave it in the armory and cut out there. And the reason for that is because every time we move that big, heavy piece of machinery, it breaks. And I'm tired of it breaking. It's been, in, it's been in the armory now since last September, and it hasn't broke. And we've used it almost every month, and it hasn't broke. It runs like a top, and I want it to continue doing that. So we're not going to move. We'll move everything else. We'll bring everything else back in here, the binders and all that. But, um, but that's, what, that's the plan. Uh, so we 'll have to haul all the bibles out we 'll load them up in a in a pallet box we 'll tr- take them out there we 'll cut them out there we 'll box them up we 'll bring them back in and we 'll still put the boxes on the platform that we can pray over as the conference ends and we conclude the the, uh, the time of the conference so uh, th- that 's kind of the couple of the m- big changes that are happening you won 't see the cutter uh, if you want to watch it work if you want to help work with it you can you have to go out to the armory to do that and so the door will be unlocked. Just going out there. There will be plenty of work to do out there. Uh, so there's a couple of things that I just want to encourage you. How do you get involved? Uh, first off, plan to attend and commit to attending by signing up. So on the website at hbfcast.org, there's a, there's a place where you can sign up. And sign up doesn't mean anything other than that you commit. You tell us what meals you're coming for. Remember, we always serve a meal. David Branham and his team of people want to know how many people are coming for each meal. So if you sign up, just check off which meal you plan to eat at so that we kind of have a, pl- a plan if we need to cook for 50 or 500. They, David would like to know that. Uh, so keep, so sign up. You can find that on the website. There's no cost. It's just a, help, just a good way to keep track of how many people are coming. The second thing you can do is put your hands to the plow. What I mean by that is when you come on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, get involved in something there's always a lot of work to do and we always get to the last day on wednesday and we still have work to complete so the more you do during the week the sooner we get done and uh, the sooner we can get it all packed away and the last thing you can do is you can pray about how you can help with funding these projects Uh, it does unfortunately cost money i can't find a shipper that will well i have found one but he doesn't take stuff overseas uh, but I, we can't find an overseas, overseas shipper that will give me space on their ship for free. So I have to pay to put those pallets of Bibles on there to get them off, across the ocean and across the borders and so on. So if you could help with that, just pray that the, the financing will come in. You know, we're trying to raise about, I think, uh, about $12,000 to help cover the cost of the, of the printing, the paper, the ink, the shipping, all that stuff. That's shipping to here and shipping out of here. So you can pray about that. You can get involved in that if you want. You can do that on the website. Uh, so, uh, so that's the Bible Conference, and that's a big deal. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts, and you are one of those moving parts, and I need every one of you to be here. You can bring people. Kids are in, can, can be involved. Kids can help, um, and there's just a lot of work to do. So please plan on that. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing about how God uses this church to accomplish things that um, to reach to reach the peaceful in this church uh, in the world, and that is mission trips. I told you, Pastor Brian and a team of people are in Boston right now. They're working with Living Faith Boston Church as a church plant. They've been there; they planted that church about a year ago. I don't know exactly where in Boston there are, but from my understanding, they're pretty near all of those Ivy League college campuses. They're all in the same general area of Boston, and so. They want to take the gospel and they have been taking the gospel to the campuses and sharing the gospel and evangelizing and telling people that they need to get saved and, uh, then uh, trying to help the church grow and encourage the pastor there and the people there. So that's part of what the team is. I think it consists of four people. Uh, they come home next Tuesday. So they still got a few more days. I think Brian is preaching this morning and other things going on at the church. Uh, but just pray for them. And, um, Pray for their safety while they're there. Pray for protection. Pray for God uh, to use them in a in a, uh, in a way that some people will will get saved, and then pray for their their safe journey home on Tuesday. You know, it's really an amazing thing that in the middle of a COVID situation that we have in the world, that God will still send a team of people. Because God's not afraid of COVID, but God wants people to get saved, and that's part of it. And um, and so. So we're, we're encouraging them to do that. We have one more team that's going to go out later on this year to Oaxaca, to Joe and Amy Hendricksman. That's led by Mitch Newland. We'll talk more about that later on. But pray for that team. If, I think he still needs a couple people. Is that right? You need a couple people? Okay, so see Mitch. If you're interested in going to Oaxaca, he could use you. How many? Ten, six. How many total? No more than total what you have. have six yes, six or seven. He could take a couple more. And it's a great trip, a great opportunity. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Ray Blowers because Ray wants to talk about another uh, mission opportunity that you can have uh, involvement in if you want. Ray? Heartland Baptist Fellowship, man. This is Pastor Mike Blake. I'm with my two daughters. I got Bethany. I got Josephine here, and we're doing church camp right now with you guys. Your groups in there with us. So, what a great partnership we've had through the years. And I guess I want to tell you, man. In November, we got our vision conference coming up. Man, in years past, you guys have come up, and I'm begging you this year, man, to come up. We're tired, man. We're battle weary, man. We've had a rough year. So we're looking forward to a time when all of our workers and all of our people can sit in pews, they don't have to do any work, and you can relieve them from their duties. And man, we have so appreciated it through the years. And so we're asking you, man, please come up, give us some of that love again. We'll take all of it we can get.
1: Hey there, Harlem Baptist Fellowship. Uh, we can't wait to see you guys up here in uh, Monmouth, Illinois, in November for our community conference. Uh, you guys do a great job with the, with the miniature BBS. And, uh, the kiddos will be looking forward to seeing you. So uh, this is Terry from the River City Baptist Church and we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys. Thank you. What's up HBF? Uh, This is uh, the Cook family. I'm Jason. This is my wife, Nikki. Nikki. Um, We are um, popping in today to tell you guys um, about our upcoming
0: vision conference. Um, We enjoy having you guys come up um, to take the pressure off of us with childcare so that way we can attend our conference. I'm um, here to speaking and hear what god has for our church um the relationships that we've made over the years with you guys when you come up is just something that we cherish and continue to cherish and uh one of the things we look forward to most each year is this meeting you guys and seeing those of you that have been here before and, and just building those relationships even stronger so um please do come um, and uh, visit us yep our family has personally
2: been blessed by you guys um Six years ago when you came up, our daughter um, still talks about the VBS that you guys put on and it was a big turning point for her um, and really solidified church and the lessons that she's learning. So we are so thankful for you guys and we can't wait to see you.
3: Hey HBF, Bo and Carrie Green here. Our two daughters aren't with us at the moment, but we just want to say it's always super awesome when you guys come up to do our vision conference because There's one thing about having your people invest in the lives of our kids. Many times, things that we've been trying to teach them for years, it just takes fresh folks like you guys who love God's Word uh, to lay it out to them in a different way. And I'm just like, man, I've been trying to teach them that for years, and you guys do it. So you guys always knock it out of the park when you come. We're super thankful for the investment, and we're looking forward to seeing you again this November.
1: Hi HBF. Hey, uh, Bob and Trish Berry here from Maple City Baptist Church. Um, I know our November Vision Conference is coming up here real soon, and we've always had this uh, special relationship with uh, with your church, and uh, we're looking forward to you folks uh, joining us uh, for our Vision Conference. It's always uh, a good time to uh, for us to connect, as we have for many many years, and the many relationships that our our two churches uh, share together. So. Uh, Just look forward to seeing you then, and until then, uh, we'll be in the Word. See ya. Hi, Hartley. I'm
2: Lily. I'm Sarah. I'm Mariah. We're looking forward to seeing you in November.
4: Bye. Good morning. So, I want to start off here. I have a short. Well, very short because we have more to, to cover today. We have a lot packed um, in the short time we have here today. So, personally, I just want to share this, and and I've been reflecting on this. I would not know anyone in this building if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. And I hope you guys kind of think about that. There is three exceptions. And this is when I was a lost man, and that was my wife. Be- before she was my wife, um, she was a customer of mine. I delivered to her. Her sister, Heather, and Pastor Tom Fort. Now, Pastor Tom Fort is down the road, but those three people knew me before I became saved and before I accepted Jesus Christ. So I just want to share that is because of Christ, I got to know the church. And as I got to know the church, and you guys are the church, it's opened my mind and it's opened my eyes to the field. You know, So because of Christ, I get to know you guys. I've ministered alongside of you guys. You guys ministered alongside of me as well, and it's a blessing. But because this church is focused on missions, and we are a mission minded church, I have a world vision of what God has set there, and you guys should as well. And my just one of prayer is that, you know what? It's not just Heartland Baptist Fellowship here in Harrisonville. We think about Cass County. You know, now looking down the road, we're over in Clinton. We had a church um, plant over in KCK. And then it just starts from there, and then it goes out to other churches. You know Mike Blake over the years because we have a focus on missions we can come over here and talk about Mike Blake and Maple City Baptist the reason we say Mike Blake is he's the senior pastor um, right there but it's not just Mike Blake it is Bo Green it is um, the Berries it's the Cooks the Hodges and the many other people there in Maple City Baptist but beyond that let's talk about the world Doug and Bethany Pearson in India you know I never thought about India you know, other than, and it just sounds racist, and I don't mean it to, but the only thing I ever thought about India was tech support, um, and, and it's, it's a real thing. People just think, oh, if you get a question, Microsoft's going to forward you over to India. I didn't think about anything about India until I became saved, until I started attending HBF, and I started seeing people. I didn't see a country, so we had Doug and Bethany Pearson, so I'm, I'm talking about missionaries here, and in you know, Doug Howie over in, in the Howies over in Romania, so Doug and Camellia. You know, we got the Howars over in Hungary. We got the Clarks over in um, England, so Great Britain. You got the Renaults moved to Boston from Kansas City. Um, you know, there's a church plant up in Lee Summit as well that we are affiliated with. So we're going there. We have the Walkers down in um, Argentina. There's a lot going on in the world. And because of Christ, I see that, and hopefully you guys see that as well. So I just wanted to share that with you is why I want to go to Monmouth. Monmouth is a great burden for my wife and I. We love it every year. It's a lot of labor. It's a lot of work. But, man, it is worth every minute of it. So one of the things I always go to is we got to go into the Word of God. Don't take my testimony. Don't take their testimonies that we just saw. What's going on in the word and see what the word says. So if you would, it's going to be on the screen just for time's sake. But we're going to go to the Great Commission. You guys have heard this. You're going to hear it again. We're a mission-minded church. We're going to continue to go with it. But the Great Commission tells us the first thing it says, go. That says, oh, maybe I should go. No, it's a commandment from the Lord. Go. So you have to go do something. You have to be moving. It says, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So the first action is go. If you notice on a bumper slide right there, it says go. We are to go. But the next part of that is we're to teach. That's the key word here I want to focus on this year is teaching. We are teaching their kids about the word of God. We're digging into this Bible. We're showing these, you know, first graders through fifth graders and sixth graders the word of God. That is the purpose of our mission for this one. We're teaching them. And you know what? In verse 20, it tells us to teach again. As you know, as you study the Bible, when the Lord says something twice, you need to be paying attention. And that's on my heart is we have to be teaching. And we do teach here and we do a great job of it. Praise the Lord. But now we got to go do this. To all nations, whether it is Cass County Jail, if it's Jackson County, if it's over in Greene County, it's over in Clinton, um, is it in Boston, is it in Maple City, in Monmouth, Illinois, where to go there, is it in Argentina, is it in Mexico, it just says all nations, it doesn't get to pick and choose, so we have this opportunity to go fill this commandment that the Lord's given us, so that's what I'm inviting you guys to do is this afternoon, right after the second service. We're going to have a short 15-minute meeting. I just want to see who wants to go. I have some people that can't be here today that are wanting to go. I need 18 people for the team, 18 people. And we have to do this because we're teaching a lot of kids. We've got to keep the ratios correct. We've got to have two teachers. We know just in the biblical example, we go two by two. We go out there. So we've got to have two teachers for every station. We've got to have two teachers for every crew so we can keep the kids safe right there. And you know what? To be blameless as well. So that's why we need 18 people. I need people to hold babies. I need people to teach toddlers. We have the um, the story, you know, the Bible teaching lesson. We have snacks. We have crafts. We have games. There's a lot to happen. And then we got to herd the cats. You know, we joke about that, but it is to herd the cats. So, of course, we can't just go through that. We need to also talk about how to go to Mammoth prayer, uh, prayerfully, you know. We well, got to lift us up and say, Hey, I understand that you can't go. You can't say yes today. Come to the meeting anyway. If you can't commit, at least come in in prayer. One thing that was a great blessing last year is people couldn't go, but they helped prepare us to go. You know, I want to throw out a couple, I want to throw out two shout outs, and that was Vicki Slicer and Shannon Branham. Those two ladies, because they couldn't go, they did help us, they helped prepare the crafts. So when we were ready to go, They were already pre-made, ready to go. That's a blessing. That was tremendous because we were short-staffed in the world of COVID last year. So we accomplished a lot. Just doing little things like that makes a difference. So I do want to go over here to Philippians 4. You know, just lift us up to the Lord, you know. We are commanded in Philippians 4, 6. You know, not commanded, but it's shared right here. It says, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. That's my prayer request. If you can't go, come and help us get prepared so we can go. So those that are going, and right now I have four people out of 18 committed. So I need 14 more people. I have some people hanging out saying, yes, I'd like to go. It's contingent on this. I get that. But let's turn it over to the Lord because the Lord will reveal it. If you're scared. I've never been on a missions trip. This one's the most affordable. I think it's the easiest one that you'll ever have to experience. It is labor, it is work, but it is a great work for the Lord. And so I just want to leave you with a little comfort here. Um, Remember, in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Again, it comes back to what I just said. I wouldn't know any of you if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. I wouldn't know that there's a mission field for me to go and serve on or anyone else to go serve on it's not just about me but any of us to go serve on and that's how great our god is so as a wrap up here i just want to let you know um like i said right after the meeting today or right after the second service of the lord's supper i just want to do a 15 minute quick meeting and say hey if you're interested or you're ready we want to help out but i can't go just come give me 15 minutes of your time we'll start organizing and we'll start mobilizing because there's a lot to get done also There's a fundraiser. We help offset costs, buying supplies, fuel, um, any incidentals that we've always run into that we need. We have to raise that money. So there is a small cost to go, $50. That's the cheapest missions trip. Other than walking out these doors, hanging on the left, and seeing Mitch over there in the children's ministry, that is the cheapest ministry cost that you'll ever have right there. The second one is going to Monmouth with us. It's $50 per adult. That's why we also do a fundraiser. So, on October 3rd, we're going to have walking tacos here. So, right after service, we're going to come over here. You're going to come in here. You're going to donate some money. Whatever's on your heart. You're going to get your bag of Doritos. We're going to load them up with taco meat and lettuce and all the fixings. You're going to have your walking tacos right there. So, you know, think about that as well because that money did cover some expenses that we didn't anticipate last year. And as I close out here, I'm going to quote a song. Now, it's a secular song. It's a worldly song, but it applies right here. It's from Jerry Reed, and it's from "Smoking to Bandit." You know we're eastbound and down. Mammoth is east of us, so we're eastbound and down. We have a long way to go, in a short time to get there. Thank you.
3: this is brian just coming to you from hbf today just wanted to encourage you to be part of the ninth annual life issues recovery walk this is going to be a great time and we need everybody's participation think about it nine years of helping those that have been addicted to drugs and alcohol in cass county Uh, you need to be a part of this i'm excited about what god is doing in this ministry i hope you are too there's a lot of neat things going on Uh, for this recovery walk. So what is the walk about? First of all, it's a 4.4 mile walk from the Cass County Justice Center to Heartland Baptist Fellowship at 283rd Street here in Harrisonville. If you're not familiar with it, uh, you can get online, go to hbfcass.org or to lifeissuesonline.org and you can find out more about that. We'd really love you to be a part of this event. It's a great time. It's really important that we all uh, buy in to the reality that we're part of the solution To addiction. We're all touched by it in different ways. Did you know that a thousand people in Missouri die each year related to uh, drug addiction and alcohol addiction? That's a lot of souls and you know that spiritually it takes a toll as well. There's a thousand arrests in Cass County uh, each year related to drug and alcohol addiction. 13% of the youth in the metro area have tried illicit drugs and you know the devil wants to get them connected and directed into a life of addiction so he can have control of them and put them in bondage it's a it's a scourge it's a problem it's a problem we need to be uh, about the business of solving by god's grace so if you want to get a part uh, be a part of this i really hope you do uh, there's some things that you can do friday september the third this is what you can do you can come to hbf be here by 5 30 so you can get registered We'll have about an hour window to get registered, get our t-shirts, all of those things, turn in our pledges, and then get. we'll have a, a transport out to the Justice Center, and the walk will begin promptly at 6.30. So you can be here, mark it on your calendar, September 3rd at 5.30. Another thing you can do is get a pledge form. And the pledge form is, is a, a form where you can go out and you can get people to support you in your walk, in your recovery walk activity. So you can get people to sign up and donate pledges. That would be a great thing to do. You can see Steve Fleshman for that. You could also contact uh, friends that you know, business owners you know that want to sponsor this event. Maybe they would like to donate uh, some uh, prizes or what have you for the raffle so that they can be a part of supporting the Life Issues Recovery Walk. But lastly, the thing that you really want to know is that this is going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time for you, for your family, for your friends. Bring out some coworkers and be a part of this thing. Because when you get back to this location, this is Heartland Baptist Fellowship. You can just see the sign behind me. When you arrive here at this location, you might be a little tired. But when you get here, you're going to get refreshed because there's going to be free pulled pork. There's going to be free shaved ice. There's going to be a great environment, and there's going to be people that are going to be here to receive you and celebrate all that God is doing. There's going to be booths here from other recovery ministries and other resources in our community. There's going to be a a great environment to celebrate the victory that we have in Christ over addiction. And so you're going to want to be here for that. You're going to want to take part in all of those things, but that's not even the cream of the crop. That's not even, or the icing on the cake, I should say. What you're really going to hear when you get back here is some incredible testimonies of people whose lives have been changed through the Lord Jesus Christ his gospel and the ministry of, of life issues and so you're going to want to be here to hear that at the conclusion of the walk. so I just want to invite everybody out once again uh, there's a if you need more information you can go to hbfcast.org or lifeissuesonline.org and they will get, and you can find out more information about how you can get pledge forms, how you can get involved, how you can mark your calendar for September third to be a part of the Life Issues Recovery Walk. I hope to see you there, and I hope to see you here. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.
5: Amen. Brian covered a lot there. That uh, just about a total. So that that's this coming Friday night. This coming Friday night is September third, and uh, I'm Pastor Steve Fleischman. If you don't know me. And I really look at our walk as kind of a pay-it-forward project. Every year we have a pay-it-forward project. And what I mean by that is uh, we're, we're trusting God for some finances to help people that we don't even know yet. We, uh, we spend about $1,000 a month on different things. And uh, this month I think I've kind of went over. We've, we've helped uh, two or three different people in the, with some emergency housing just this week. But uh, we're trusting God, uh, and you can see we're right at 12000 So really I'm not here to ask for money this morning. What I'd really like is for people to come out and walk. And if you can't walk four miles, I know that's a hike and it's been pretty hot. Uh, But I'm hoping you can uh, volunteer in some measure. I just found out last night that uh, Kevin Thompson's sister died, and he's out of town at her uh, funeral arrangements with his mom and his wife. And he always drives our bus, and he's not sure if he'll be back in time. So I may need a bus driver this Friday night. And so Angie and I will be out at the table here in the lobby right after service if you can help out with some of the logistics. Um, Like I said, we're right at 12000 already, so we're we're doing good on fundraising this year. Um, But so in the remainder of our time, we've got 30 minutes here. I want you to hear some testimonies from our group. Uh, I've got, uh, you know... All of us have heard the expression, the truth will make you free. But what we don't always talk about is kind of the opposite of that is that lies bring us into bondage. If the truth makes you free, you know, lies will bring us into bondage. And and we know that drug and alcohol addiction is very deceitful. It promises it'll make you feel good. This is going to be fun. It's a good thing. And, uh, And it ends in disaster usually. And so uh, there's really three sources for truth in the Bible. We know that Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. We know that uh, the word of God is is truth. The Bible says, sanctify yourself, uh, sanctify thyself through thy truth, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And the Bible also says that the spirit is truth. So these are the three forms of truth. And one thing I've just been thinking about recently, and that kind of set up our first speaker here is, the truth endureth forever, the Bible says. And one of the things—this th- is our ninth annual walk, but we've been going about ten and a half years. The first year and a half, this church supported our our efforts, and we've tried to be, uh, you know, uh, not a burden to the church. The last nine years, we've we've raised our own funds. But uh, one of the th- for having you know ten or eleven years, and I did six years of jail ministry before that, so. About, about uh, uh, you know, 16 or 17 years of my life have been dedicated to helping the incarcerated, the addicted. But by this time, we've, we've had kind of people rotate through and come back. And I guess I look at Sarah a little bit that way. Uh, Sarah Farr-Lewis is going to come up and speak to us once you come on up. But uh, she, ha- she was with us five or six years ago. And uh, whatever reason, uh, she wasn't able to come, but now she's back. And so this is Sarah. So give, give her a hand if you would. Good morning. I'm Sarah.
6: Um, I'm so nervous I could croak, but I'm going to make it through this. I, I woke up thinking, what am I doing this morning? But uh, let's say 2012, I began attending Life Issues. I was um, going to Cass County Psychological to their C-STAR program. Uh, it's a kind of a day rehab program. I was addicted. I was multi-addicted. Um, several, several drugs of choice, which is not always the case with most people, but I was multi-addicted. Um, I had a normal growing up. You hear a lot of tragedy uh, in people's childhood. I didn't have that. I had none of that. My father was pretty hard on his kids. He demanded perfection. I would say that would be the hardest part of my childhood. Whatever, that's, that's not so bad, right? <clears throat> I was a real popular kid in school. I, I did well in, with my grades. I was very athletic. I was in every school group, tried to be the president if I could, tried to get those votes, be the president of whatever it was. Very normal childhood. Um, at the end of my senior year, I started suffering from severe depression. I had um, always gone to my church youth groups and, and did that. And I, I didn't understand at that time, had I been praying and attending and understanding what was going on in my church at that time, I probably could have could have been helped with my depression through the Lord. I didn't understand this. I didn't. So I went on. All through life. We're going to skip forward to about 28 now. When I was 28, I was um, married, a wonderful man. We had two beautiful children together. Everything was lovely. He had a great job. I didn't have to work. Life was good. Uh, Very good stand-up people in our community, even. Um, He's very well thought of. He's a banker. Good man. Good man to this day. Again, that depression hit. I felt like I was worthless. I had nowhere to go. I had nothing. I was just miserable. I had these two beautiful girls, and I faked my way through. I faked my way through it all the time until finally that depression hit again, and I couldn't fake it anymore. I had never smoked marijuana. I had never done any drug of any kind. Nothing. None. And for some reason, which we know it was the devil knocking on my door, I started taking pain pills out of the blue. I don't know why. It was just something I needed to do, I guess, at that moment. Quickly, rapidly, I was addicted. I needed those things more than anything in this world. I needed them, needed them, needed them. It scared me. I was frightened. I didn't know how to get away from the fear. I was so lost. I believed in God, but... I went away, went away from all things God. I, some of these things I'm a little ashamed of to this day. Shame and guilt is something I'm working through now. So forgive me as I speak about my shame. I cheated on my husband and I left my children because of my addiction. It's a horrible thing to me. I've asked forgiveness over and over. I need to give that to God and be able to get it off me. But it's something that it lives with me today. I ended up um, with a man who was a serious, serious addict. He stole a lot of things, (laughs) including my husband's wife. His morals were low. And I allowed myself to be attached to this individual for five and a half years. With that, he drug me down along with him. And I allowed it. Understand me now. I allowed these things to happen. I am not a victim in this case. I did these things. My ethics, I had none. (laughs) I, I lost me. I lost God, of course. He had been gone. Again, I knew him. I knew him. I, I even professed to love my God. Yet I was portraying myself to the world as this individual. Um, I started coming to life issues, like I say. I met some fantastic people here. Pat Lee, Stephen Ange, um, uh, Shane Watts at that time. He he's I haven't seen him in years, but Shane Watts was a very strong individual in my world at that time. Uh Pam Jackson. Pam Jackson. Uh, When I came to life issues, I I had already accepted the Lord as my savior. As I say when I was a youngster. It just wasn't it just wasn't there for me. I guess I didn't understand it as a teenager. I didn't get it. And I knew I was lost. Life issues one night, Pam Jackson and I prayed and I was saved at life issues. I've been in and out of this place. A long time because I I just wouldn't submit myself over I couldn't give it over, um, but one constant for me since 2012 has been life issues. I I I want to talk about myself and and my uh, journey, but I also want to talk about this group, you guys, this mission. It has I I've said this before. Yes, God saved my life because there were times I I almost overdosed twice. I was at the hospital two times with overdose symptoms, let's say, (laughs) Uh, killing my mother. She showed up at the emergency room both times. It wasn't good. She took me, actually, one time, frightened my mother to death. But every time I would come back and forth and back and forth in my addiction to life issues, I was welcomed. I was never shamed for straying. None of these things. This is somewhere that I knew I could come and belong. I could belong. I belonged in my addiction, and now I belong in my recovery. I've been clean for six years. Thank you. And I now know why I had come to life issues all along through my addiction. It's because I'm supposed to be here to help other people who went through what I went through. And I know that now, and I didn't understand that I was worthy as God's child, but worthy as a person who's gone through the addiction and the pain and the suffering and the loss that all goes with that drug abuse. I'm here to help other people. There are thousands and thousands of people that were a Sarah. They're, They're out there being a Sarah right now don't have anywhere to live. They're sleeping on the streets. They're stealing to get their drugs. They're stealing to be able to have a motel room that night. They're stealing so they can give their kids a Christmas present because of the choices that they're making. And they don't have to. I want to be along with Steve and Angie and Pam and Pat. I want to be someone that those people can come to for strength To learn the word and it means the world to me that I got those things through life issues and through God but life issues was brought to me by God so I guess that's really all I have to say (laughs) um thank you for letting me talk thank you for letting me belong to HBF and thank you for your thoughts and prayers to those that come to life issues every Friday because we all need you so thank you very much
0: Thank you.
5: It's uh, very refreshing. Touching it uh, reminds me uh, why we do what we do and uh, the power that God can do in someone's life. And So thank you, Sarah. She's on a good path and uh, hoping to uh, go through discipleship here. So uh, we're hoping she can uh, sponsor some other young lady that went through some of that. Um, My my next uh, person that's going to share today with you is uh, Kelly Talley, and uh, I worked with Mitch probably 25 years ago now uh, up at the old Marion Laboratories, and uh, we did a Bible study in their home, or maybe it was in the Stevens' home uh, back then, and uh, I was just really excited to see uh, Mitch and Kelly join our church uh, about eight or nine years ago, and (coughs) I forget exactly how it happened, but... We had asked Kelly to help with our child care and life issues. Uh, each of our meetings, we try to have child care. We offer transportation. We have snacks um, and it's just a lot of logistics. Uh, we need people in the sound booth and, uh, you know, to open the doors and lock the doors and, and many things on Friday nights. And uh, Kelly was just faithful from the start. And uh, she's going to come and share. Kelly, why don't you come on up here now? But she has been a great resource at Lily's house in Adrian, Missouri. That's where they live. And I just want you guys to feel especially proud of Kelly. She really represents this church in Adrian. Uh, A lot of Adrian really rallies around the Lily house. It's a, a place to unite children with their mothers. And uh, she's really a good uh, liaison for us, and she's worked with uh, many women there. And um, anyway, I'll let her tell her story now. So this is Kelly. Give her some love.
7: Okay. Can you guys hear me? Is that where I hold it? Sound good? Okay, I had a little note here. I had just wrote in my Bible recently to be willing to be uncomfortable for other people. So, okay, Steve, I'm really uncomfortable for you right now. <laughs> I hope you appreciate this. <laughs> okay, hi, my name is Kelly Talley. Mitch and I started coming to HBF in November of 2013. Harold and Tammy Hatman discipled us. We started discipleship with them in June of 2016, and it took us right at 16 months to complete it. Discipleship changed our lives. Please don't wait as long as Mitch and I did to get started in our discipleship program. I will forever be grateful to Harold and Tammy for investing their time, their friendship, and their understanding of God's word into Mitch and I. For those of you who don't know, they started HBF in the basement of their home. So as you can imagine, Mitch and I won the lottery of great disciplers to have. They came to our house every Saturday morning. One particular Saturday morning, they were late. And so I told Mitch that they were probably out saving someone. I'm sure they were leading someone to Christ. When they got to our house, they were real sorry that they were late. But they had stopped by at a garage sale on the way. <laughs> so we got to see them as real people. Discipleship builds relationships that will last a lifetime. Later, I had the honor to disciple Teresa Gear. We had a lot of aha moments together. That time we spent fellowshipping over God's word will always be special to me. And she usually sits right here. <laughs> um, Yesterday morning, I started discipleship with a good friend of mine from Adrian. I'm really excited to see where God takes us. Okay, I'm going to switch hands. Feels better over here. <laughs> we have been involved with Life Issues Addiction Recovery Ministry here for sev- several years now. We started out leading the Life Issues Daycare for a year. Turns out that wasn't really Mitch's thing. <laughs> God has really given me a compassion and a heart for women attending Life Issues. I have taken girls through the Journey Home, our Life Issues Pathway to Recovery program. Angie Parrott and Alicia Hancock will always have a special place in my heart. I took them through the Journey Home. I I have not had addiction, but I did suffer with pretty severe anxiety and fear for a period in my life. I had gotten, it had gotten so bad that it was hard for me to leave my house. I finally knew I couldn't go on like I was any longer. I was broken before God. Like Psalm 40, 1 through 3 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. And established my goings, and he hath put a new song in my heart, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. That scripture is my testimony. God pulled me out of the pit and set my feet upon a rock. I didn't know that I needed to guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. At Life Issues, that is one of the first things you will learn. Proverbs 4.23 is our key verse. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I gave my testimony for the first time at a Tuesday night Life Issues meeting, and I can't think of a safer place to have done that. As I'm up here today, I can still hear Del Lytle telling me to tell my story except he would have encouraged me to come up here without my notes and let the Holy Spirit speak. I would always say to him, are you crazy? And then I would say, the Holy Spirit spoke these notes (laughs) to me, and I'll be reading my notes, thank you. (laughs) So I started volunteering at, at Lily's House Women's Shelter in Adrian from its very first days, Mitch and I drove the girls to church here at HBF. Sometimes there were so many of us, we had to bring both of our cars. <laughs> I would bring them to Tuesday and Friday night Life Issues meetings. I knew if they could hear the teaching of God's word by our HBF pastors that they could find freedom from addiction. I knew their minds could be renewed just like mine had been. I knew the truth would make them free. It is for sure a tough ministry. I always used to tell Steve Fleshman that addiction recovery ministry is like jumping off into the deep end of ministry. A lot of spiritual warfare is involved. The need for the armor of God becomes very real, very fast. I may not have had addiction, but I do know what it's like to have a messed up mind, wrong ways of thinking, to not be grounded in the word of God. The journey God took me on to renew my mind gave me valuable experience to then share with life issues in Lily's House. I like to tell them how lucky they are that everything I learned from many resources, they have right here in one building at HBF. I continue today to volunteer at Lily's House and have also been on staff for quite some time now. I have had many struggles with the girls over the years, but those struggles and heartache that I have experienced pale in comparison to seeing god reunite our moms with their children i like to say that i have a front row seat to see the power of god at work there are few things more precious to to me than sitting with someone when they are looking in the bible for the first time i've been given the honor to be involved when some of our girls were saved when some were baptized i was present for the birth of one of our lily's house babies I've watched a mom and her daughter run into each other's arms after being apart for five years. I've cried with them, laughed with them, but mostly we just walk beside them. There are times all they need is for someone to walk beside them. Now three of our graduates are on staff at Lily's house, like 2 Corinthians 1 4 says, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Our graduates are giving back in huge ways by helping the new moms that are coming into the shelter. It's pretty incredible to watch them become leaders and start using their God given gifts to help others. They have become my dear friends. I always tell them, like HBF says, just take the next right step. I'm so thankful to HBF, Life Issues, Lily's House adult bible fellowship the holy spirit and god's word for equipping me for such a time as this i'm thankful to mitch my prayer warrior husband slash ministry partner (laughs) i couldn't do it without his prayers so thank you guys
5: thank you kelly uh, so, so we have really a strong group of uh, lady leaders. We've got Pam, you've already heard her name, and Linda, and uh, Lauren, I don't think, she's here right now. Maybe she's with the kids, but uh, we do have several good lady leaders as well as uh, some of our men. So we praise the Lord for that. I've got one more testimony. It's uh, Brother Pat Lee, and Pat was not with us from the very start. I think he came a couple years later, and uh, it was really a little rocky because Pat was... Uh, coming uh, over his own addiction, his own struggles, but uh, Pat is now the author of our uh, recovery material. He's our life issues program director, and he's an indispensable uh, part of our group. He's a friend of our family, and Pat has overcome a lot in his own life, and he's a man of the Bible. I think it was Kelly that once said, Pat can speak from any part of the Bible and connect it to addiction. And I've experienced that. That is true. And so I wanted you to welcome Pat Lee this morning. And uh, Ray, I'm going to give my mic to him just so he doesn't have
7: to hold. be here Um,
1: so I've got I was asked to uh, give my shortened testimony so I wrote it out so we've got about 10 minutes and uh, I wanted to talk to you about or was asked to talk to you about how God has um, impacted my life uh, in life issues and HBF here this morning and I, I would like to start with, you know, to get this in 10 minutes, I'd like to start with when I came here to HBF. Um, when I came here, it was uh, in the beginning of 2012, and I, I want to tell you all, my life was a total mess. Um, I'd been addicted to prescription pain meds that led to a devastating divorce, and I spent about the next seven years... Just yo-yoing between trying to serve God and serving my addiction. And eventually trying to serve both at the same time. Um, But just as Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. And I found that out uh, in a very painful and hard way. Um, I had, during this time, I had two bad accidents and five subsequent surgeries um, that led to about seven years of pain clinics and strong prescription meds. Uh, in two thousand six, I was asked to um, help preach and and eventually pastor a church that was not of like faith. It was a village church, uh, John Knox Village, and um, the pastor had uh, the pastor of that church had. Um, had built John, developed John Knox Village, and that's, that's a whole nother story, but I felt like at this time what I was coming out of, uh, really a lot of it was insecurity and pride that I needed to do this to recover my purpose, so I prayed about it, right, I prayed about it, not really, I did, but I, I wasn't really seeking the Lord, I was, you know, seeking my own will. I was stubborn. I was prideful. I later saw that I acted very impetuously and I continued to try to control my life and also serve God really in my own way, although I couldn't admit that at the time. So before I came here in 2012, I was, or when I came here in 2012, and for a period of time after, I was I was really broken, both physically and spiritually, and in desperate need of a hospital like HBF and a recovery ward like Life Issues. You know, they say we're a hospital. I really found that out to be true. I mean, I I really did. I'm not just I'm not just saying that uh, for dramatic effect. Um, this place is like a hospital, and I desperately needed it. Uh, it took some time for the Lord to humble me and make me teachable again because I'd build up so much pride and hardness in my heart. In 2013, about a year or so later, I had a shoulder surgery, and I got back on the heavy prescription pain meds, and I began... To self-medicate again, after a period of time. Well, by the end of that year, I was so miserable that I felt like I was going to die. I felt like God was nowhere to be found. I wondered if I, at this point, if I was even truly saved. I was, I was that confused and 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 depressed and uh, everything else. I'm, I mean, I didn't feel saved. I cried out the, to the Lord to take control of my heart and my life, and I asked him to deliver me from that prison that I really had created for myself. Um, he answered me in a very, very big way. And it, it was over time, through his word of confirmation, through HBF, and through life issues. And little by little, as I began to grow in life issues and in church, God began to teach me how to rebuild my life, how to put him first and people second and then put myself last. Like Brian always says, two things. We just need to love God and love people. And that's what really what it comes down to. If, And I found that, you know, to get my focus back on him and off of all my problems and my addictions that were, was created from trying to solve my own problems. And uh, in the beginning of 2014, as I began to grow, as I began to experience God in a whole new way, um, I was asked to lead Tuesday night, uh, the Tuesday night recovery group. That, uh, and uh, also during that year, um, or right before that, Steve asked me to write the pathway to recovery called The Journey Home that Sarah talked about. And in 2017, when that was finished, Steve asked me to uh, become the program director of that and to match people in our program with sponsors. It's much like discipleship in life issues. It's basically a transition into the church and into discipleship, and hopefully into ministry uh, so people can have their lives changed like Kelly talked about and like Sarah talked about. Um, We really believe that this is a a course that's a faith-based program, and there's really no true recovery without it because salvation and recovery work hand in hand. And uh, I just want to say that I am so truly thankful to be right here where the Lord has placed me today. And i just like to share one powerful promise that God gave me, and I found it in Romans eight twenty eight, when I was in this deepest and darkest moment, and I think Steve, I, I was, God gave me this verse, and Steve had just sent me a, a get well card or, or a letter or something, and that verse was right at the, top of that, and God really confirmed his promise to me, and it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, and I just want to say through it all, I found that we serve a gracious and gentle God, y'all, and I want to personally thank him for placing me right here with you today so having said that i would like to close in prayer and ask for the lord's blessing on our next service if we could bow and uh, father we just come before you today and and we just want to thank you we want to praise you for all that you're doing in life issues and in our church and in our ministries and in our missions lord truly You are a part of what's going on here, and uh, we just want to pray that you would continue to help us to prepare and, and, and plan, and most of that's done for the walk as we look forward to Friday, but I pray that you would bring it all together as you always do so that you and your son can be glorified through it because we realize, Lord, without you, we can do nothing, I'd like to pray for for our church, that you would uh, continue to make us to shine as lights in a dark and dying world, Lord. Um, We pray that you would prepare our hearts for the message from your servant, Bob Hall, in this next service, and as we prepare our hearts to take the Lord's Supper, and we ask that you give us all a passionate desire, Lord, to serve you more and more as we look for that blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For it's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
2: Turn your ear to heaven and hear the noise inside the sound of angels eye, the sound. fires will rise. Oh, how constant our divine, This love of ours will rise. Will rise.